0: And so as we turn to Matthew chapter two, now I remember a time years ago that uh, I was in the car, we were driving past uh, a church sign and it said, wise men still seek him. And so it led to a conversation to those who were in the car, like do wise men still seek him or have wise men found him? Because like, well, a couple thousand years ago, the wise men we know of from the nativity story, you know, they were searching for Jesus and they found him 2000 years ago. So the question that we have to ask that goes important to tonight's message and where we're going in the series. Do wise men still seek him or have wise men found him? That's something good to p- point it into the chat. Go ahead, put it in the chat. If you think wise men have already found him, put that. If you think wise men still seek him, put that in the chat. What do you think? Put that in the chat. If you're watching on Facebook or YouTube or Twitter or our website, and you can put something in the chat. Go ahead, put something in the chat. Do you think wise men still seek him? Or do you think wise men have found them? Go ahead, put, them in the, put that in the chat. If you go to Matthew chapter two. Matthew chapter two, starting with verse one. Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east. Notice this two phrases and we'll, well, two, two things right here and we'll circle back to it in a moment. It says behold and wise men. Two important things in verse two, behold and wise men came from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the princes of Judah. For out of you shall come a governor, he shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privately called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when ye have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. When they had heard the king, they departed. And lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till they came and stood over the where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. Let's circle back to the word behold. What does that simply mean? Look or wow, something that's gonna cause to stand out. Now, we've read the story so many times. We've heard it at Christmas sometimes, behold, behold. Oh, that's just pretty language. No, when Matthew was writing this, He's drawing the reader's attention to something. Look at this. It stands out. This is not something normal. Behold. Pay attention. Wow. Wiseman from the East. Now, what does that word Wiseman actually mean? It's the word Magi. What are the Magi? The Magi are a median group of priests and astrologers heavily influenced by the prophet Daniel. Is a median group of priests and astronomers heavily influenced by the prophet Daniel they are could also be concerned kingmakers so these are a median group of priests who've been influenced by the teaching of the prophet daniel What he taught them from the word of god when he ruled in that area hundreds of years prior these are those who came to study under him scholars under him and he taught them and one of the things he taught them according to scholars is that there will be a messiah who will be born and so he taught them from the word of god about the messiah so these were a wise group of priests they were astronomers they were they studied the stars they had maps they knew the region of the land they were also known as king makers Maybe we'll get into that a little bit more next week or the weeks to come. They were kingmakers, that by their decisions, by what they would do, they had so much political influence and political pull that what they did could influence someone being king or even someone being removed as king. They were very rich, and they usually traveled with armed guards. Now, one of the things we see here, now notice this, it doesn't say there are three wise men. Now, we put three wise men, you know, Actually, people have been doing it for over a thousand years. Now, there, even some studies say they know three of the wise men's name. There are some studies that say there were three, some that says 12. But what the scriptures lets us know is that there are multiple. So we know there could be at least, there's at least two, but it could be as many as 400. These were wise men who traveled from the East, from the Middle East, coming from probably the area of modern day Iraq and around there. They're traveling here. This is the Medes and Persians, so it could be modern-day Iraq, it could be modern-day Iran, that whole area. They traveled to Jerusalem to find the new-born king. These were kingmakers. These were a group of priests. These were astronomers. They were very rich and usually traveled with armed guards. Why would they need armed guards? They're carrying money. They're rich people. They're carrying gifts to present to the newborn king, and they took a security detail with them to protect what they carried. And so one of the things we see here in Matthew chapter two, it says all of Jerusalem was moved with them. Why was Jerusalem moved? Because when the Magi arrived, they started asking, where is he who was born King of the Jews? Where is the newborn King? Everybody they'd encountered, they were asking. And the thing is, you, if one person shows up, it's like a movie city asking that question, but if several Magi show up with several camels loaded down with their gifts and several armed guards show up asking these questions, it's going to get around the city really quickly and it caused the city to be concerned as well as Herod and his chief staff to be concerned as well. And so Matthew points to these wise men and to this behold and noticed they traveled a great distance to seek Jesus and to worship him. They had held to the word of God because remember Daniel existed hundreds of years before then. And so what Daniel taught them was passed down to generation after generation and after generation. They had paid attention to the word of God that was taught them. And as they understood the word of God and they looked for God's sign, they looked for God's leading. They understood that what God had told them and what God had promised them had come to pass. And now they were seeking out the newborn king to worship him. And imagine the journey, whether they came from modern day Iran or modern day Iraq or one of the countries surrounding it. It is a long journey. It is a journey they prepared for, a journey as they took their journey. For any reason, they could have stopped, turned back home. But they decide to press their way through the Middle East to get to Jerusalem to continue to seek out this newborn king because they get there, they still haven't found him. That's why they went to Herod's palace to get more information about where is he. Think about it this way. If the rest of the city doesn't know, who should know above all? The king in his palace. So the question I ask you at the beginning of this message is do wise men still seek him or have they found him? As we see here later on, here they found where Jesus was. They went, they bowed down to him, they worshiped him and they presented their gifts to him. So do wise men still seek him or have they found him? Go with me to Hebrews chapter 11, verse six. Go to Hebrews chapter 11, verse six. Notice what it says here. But without faith, it is impossible to please him or to please God. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Notice this. We are not to be the people who sought God in the past. We are to be people. If we're going to be faith people, we're going to be the people who continually seek him or continually seek after him diligently. Not saying I found him so I'm done. No. We have to be those who continually seek after him. Just like the magi continually sought on their journey, we have to be those who continually seek after him. We are to be ever learning and ever pursuing. Even as we mature and we learn more and we become more like Jesus, we are always to be disciples learning from our Savior, the Master Teacher himself. We are to ever be learning, ever be pursuing, and ever seeking after him. So the answer to the question is, wise men should still seek him. Yes, they found him. Yes, you have found Jesus. Yes, you know who he is. But you should always be following after him, always pursuing him, always seeking him. There is a blessing in the pursuit. There is a reward in the journey. Notice God rewards those who diligently seek him, not reward those who diligently sought him. Those who keep on seeking him. Those who keep searching him out, he rewards those. God has a reward for those who diligently seek him. Let's go to Matthew chapter six verse thirty-one. There is a blessing in the pursuit. There is a reward in the journey. You're not going to get to a point in this lifetime where you just arrive. Well, I don't need to seek him anymore. No, that doesn't exist. This is a journey of a lifetime. There is a blessing in the pursuit. There's a reward in the journey. You're not going to a point of arrival. This is the journey of your life. You are continually journeying and seeking after him. Matthew chapter six, a very familiar passage to a number of us. Verse 31 says, therefore, take no thought. Now that that phrase doesn't mean don't think about it. It means don't be anxious or don't be filled with anxiety. So he said, don't be anxious. Don't be filled with anxiety. And here's what anxiety is saying. What shall we eat? What shall we drink? Where shall we be clothed or implication even where shall we live? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. This is what they live for. This is what they go after. For the heavenly father knows you have need of all these things. Which things? What you need to eat, what you need to drink, what you need to wear by implication where you need to live. But you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Think about the example Jesus is using. The Gentiles seek what shall we eat, what shall we drink, where shall we clothe, where shall we live. They don't just seek that once. That's every day because you don't just eat once, do you? You're looking for food the next day. You're looking for food maybe even the next hour. This is a continual pursuit. What you eat, what you drink, what you wear, a continual pursuit. Where you live, a continual pursuit. And so Jesus, in the same way, in your continual pursuit, the first thing you seek. So there's going to be other things you seek. But the first thing you seek is the kingdom of God. And his righteousness and all these things the Gentiles seek for, what they eat, what they drink, where they what they be clothed with and where they live, shall be added on to you. Take therefore no thought for tomorrow. Don't be anxious about tomorrow. Don't be feeling anxiety about tomorrow. For tomorrow will be anxious for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil or the trouble thereof. One of the things we can pull from this passage is do not allow anxiety to interrupt your search. That's something you can put in the chat. Say: Do not allow anxiety. To interrupt the search. Do not allow anxiety to interrupt the search. Think about the Magi as they're traveling to Jerusalem from wherever they came from in the east. There's many different reasons why they could have turn around, many different conditions, many different distractions of why they could have turned around. Because even when we look at the word anxiety or the word care in the Bible, it presents anxiety through the form of distraction. So there's always a distraction to the journey. There's always some type of anxiety that can pull you away and their life is full of anxieties and distractions that can pull you away from your search for god and seeking after him not just saying i found him once but the lifestyle of the journey of following after him there will always be a distraction there will always be something you can be anxious about or worried about full of care about but you have to make a decision to not stop the journey don't stop in the city of anxiety don't stop in the city of worry but you pursue after jesus you search him out you keep seeking after him and you don't let anxiety stop your journey. Go with me to Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. And read this from the New King James Version. Because wise men still seek him. Notice what it says here. If then you were raised with Christ. If you're born again, you've been raised with Christ. When God raised up Jesus, he raised up you. One of the things we do through the act of water baptism, we're acknowledging what took place when we were born again. So if you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on the things of earth, for you died and your life is hitting with Christ. So if you want to find out what your new life is like, what everything is available to you as a born-again believer, you're going to have to seek after the things which are above, where Jesus is seated now. If you want to see what your real life is supposed to be like, you're going to have to seek after those things implying You won't find it if you don't seek. You won't experience it if you don't seek. You won't experience it if you don't journey. You'll just be lost in this life knowing, okay, what does God have for me? I don't know. But if you don't seek after it, if you don't seek after those things that surround where Jesus sits now, you will miss out on what God has for you in this life. Go with me to Proverbs chapter eight. The believer is supposed to be a seeker. Go ahead and put that in the chat. Say, the believer is supposed to be a seeker. The believer is supposed to be a seeker. And understanding that we have to realize, and it was a a lot to us, some of us were very logical and very in their brain saying, no, I got to know everything before I move forward. There's a lot of things you don't know. And there's a lot of things you won't know tomorrow. But you're supposed to keep seeking. You're supposed to keep going after God. You're supposed to keep following after him. You're supposed to keep taking one step of faith followed by another step of faith and even embracing the mystery that it is to follow God. Because there's a whole lot of things about following him you don't understand. It doesn't make sense to your natural mind. It is a mystery. Even when we pray in the spirit, the Bible says we pray out mysteries. But even if we're surrounded by mysteries, we're still supposed to keep the journey going forward. Believers are supposed to be seekers. Those who seek after God and his plan and his ways and what he has for them. Proverbs chapter 8 verse 1 is such a beautiful personification of wisdom in this chapter. It says, Does not wisdom cry and understanding put forth a voice? Skip down to verse eleven. For wisdom is better than rubies, and all things that may be desired are not to be compared to it. I wisdom dwell with prudence and find out knowledge of witty inventions. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogancy in the evil way, and in the forward mouth do I hate. Counsel is mine, and sound wisdom. I am understanding, I have strength. By me wisdom kings reign, and princes decree justice. By me princes rule, and nobles even all the judges of the earth. I love them that love me, and those that seek me, seek wisdom, shall find me. If you want wisdom, it's not just going to fall on your lap. You're going to have to seek after wisdom. You're going to have to go after wisdom. Or even as the talked in the prophet, you're crying out for it. You're searching for this wisdom. Go with me to Psalm 14, verse 2. Psalm 14, verse 2. Wise men still seek him. Believers are supposed to be seekers. Just like the wise men showed us an example of searching and seeking out after Jesus, holding on to the word of God, looking for God's leading, following his leading and his guidance. We'll talk about more about that in tomorrow's Faith in the Morning podcast devotional. How they followed after the star the same way we're supposed to follow after the spirit. How they followed and searched and followed and searched and followed and searched. We know this journey when we look at it because it says, you know, we like to see the nativity scene of the shepherds and the magi and everybody together. It's a pretty, you know, Christmas card greeting. But that's not what really happened. We know the shepherds came there the night Jesus was born. But when we look and study out Matthew, they arrived to Jesus when he was around two years old. Even the scripture says they found the young child Jesus. Not the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, but the young child Jesus. So by the time they got to Jesus, he was about two years old, maybe a tad bit older. Now, what happened there? That means it took them by the time they saw the star and they gathered up everything they needed to do and made their journey. It took them over two years, but it was worth their pursuit. Think about how many times in their journey they could have stopped. They could have quit. They could have been distracted. They could have been anxious. They could have gone home. Many different paths they could have taken, but they kept following God's leading. They kept seeking and searching after him, and they were rewarded when they saw Jesus. Let's go a little bit further. Psalm 14 verse 2. Notice something the psalmist says here. The Lord looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand and seek God. God is looking for people that are looking for him. He is looking for people who are searching out for him and searching out after him. We see that, remember, we looked at Hebrews chapter 11 near the beginning of this message, that he rewards those who diligently seek him. So he's looking for those who would diligently seek him so he can reward them. God's eyes are open. You know, it says elsewhere in the scripture, his eyes are searching to and fro throughout the whole earth to see who he can show himself strong to. He is looking for those who are looking for him. Go with me to Matthew chapter seven. See, this is not, we saw it once. Well, we saw it years ago. We saw it when we first got born again, but now we know something. We don't have to seek again. No, 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 no. Believers are to be seekers. Wise men still seek him. If you want to have the best in this life from God, you have to continually follow after him and seek after him and search him out. Matthew chapter seven. We'll start with verse seven and 8 I'm going gonna read it from New Living Translation. It says, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds. And to whoever, and to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. So let's define this word seek as we begin to bring this message to a close. Let's define this word seek. Number one, seek is to seek in order to find or to seek in order to find out by thinking, meditating, reasoning, to inquire into. So think about this, if I'm seeking after God, I have his word. That's how I'm going to find him. I'm going to find it in his word. And so I'm seeking through his word to find out wisdom and understanding God's guidance for my life. I'm seeking through the word in order to find out. And as I'm doing this and reading through the word and searching the word and studying the word, I'm thinking on the word. I'm meditating the word. I'm computing that into my reasoning, reasoning through what I read in the word, inquiring into the word. I'm studying out. And he sees another definition I found out when looking up at this dictionary. It's so beautiful and poetic to me. It says to follow up the traces of divine majesty and power. Man, that's beautiful. To follow up the traces of divine majesty and power. So when you see in the scripture, you see in life, man, God just did something wonderful. Man, let me study that out. Let me think about that. Let me meditate on that. Let me search that out. Let me inquire into that. God, that was wonderful. Man, how did you do that? Wow, that was wonderful. Why did you do that? Tell me more about that. Help me to search it out. Help me seek it out. Wow, what I experienced in church on Sunday was great. What I saw during the midweeks was great. Lord, tell me more about that. You're following up on the traces of divine majesty and power. It also means to seek the knowledge of God. It means to aim at, to strive after. And so think about people who are, have, you know, whether it's a rifle contest, archery, they are aiming. Aim after what God wants you to do. Aim after Him. Aim after His purpose and His plan for your life. It means you strive after, go after it. Just like an athlete strives for a championship, whether it's a championship ring, a medal, a trophy, whatever their sport considers the top goal, they go after it. And think about how they go after it they train, they work hard. They discipline their bodies. They control what they eat. They control when they eat. They have their life wrapped around. And some, when you even look at some of the greatest players, they have their daily schedule in such a way, they're training their body, getting their body to a place where they can pursue, their body and their mind, to a place where they can pursue that championship. In the same way, that's how we're supposed to seek after God and what he has for us. It's also a Hebraism for worship. And we summed this up, this is how we're supposed to worship God in our daily life. Worship is more than a song, it is a lifestyle. Worship is displayed by how we seek after him in our daily life. See, many things could have stopped the Magi's journey and caused them to miss the reward of seeing and worshiping Jesus. Do not let anything cause you to stop your journey and miss what Jesus has for you. Keep searching, keep looking, because what God has for you is always wonderful, it's always good. It's always best for you, and will never contradict his written word. The Holy Spirit will always lead you and guide you according to the written word of God. He won't give you a discovery that's not in the word of God. He doesn't do that. He will always lead you according to the word of God. We have to be word people. We have to be spirit people. We have to be believers. We have to be those who continually seek after him, who aren't satisfied for what we learned. Well, what God taught me 10 years ago was great. No, keep going. He has more for you. You don't know everything. He has more for you. You have to be a believer. You have to be a seeker. You have to be a person of the word. You have to be a person of the spirit. And as we said on Sunday, you have to be a person of hope. Let's go to Luke chapter two. This is something we looked at on Sunday. We'll close here. See, when you have hope, as we shared on Sunday, you are on the lookout for something. When you have hope, you are on the lookout for something. So let hope fuel your journey and seeking after God. Luke chapter two, starting with verse 25. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation or the comfort of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the spirit into the temple. And with the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, Then he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now let your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all people. A light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And Joseph, his mother, marveled at those things which were spoken of him. And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel. And for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through your own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. And there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of of the tribe of Asher, and she was of great age. And she lived with her husband 70 years from her virginity. And she was a widow of about fourscore and four years, which departed not from the temple, but served God with fasting and prayers night and day. And she coming in at the instant gave thanks likewise unto the Lord and spake unto him to all them that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. Notice Simeon was looking. Notice Anna was looking. And notice Anna only talked to those who were looking. This story happened about eight days after Jesus' birth as they were presenting him in the temple. And one of the key things we see with Simeon, Anna, and those Anna spoke to is who was looking for Jesus. If you're not looking, you'll miss it. If you're not actively searching, you will miss out. The blessing and the reward is in the journey. See so much in our life. Say, so, well, you know, life will be get better when I have accomplished this on this state, or when I have this, or when I've done this, or when I arrive. And we think the blessing is in the arrival, when the blessing is actually also in the journey. And even when you get to this arrival, when you think, man, it's gonna be great when you get to that point, you realize when you walk with God, there's still more. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. But how many know even after you have a great meal and you're filled, eventually you're gonna be hungry again. So there's an art to staying hungry. There's an art to continually seeking. I still remember a story of Oral Roberts. He called one of his spiritual sons who was teaching on a subject and he called him to his house. And he said, I want you to teach me this subject. And it's like, me teach you? He said, you're the one who taught me. And he said, I'm the hungriest man for God on the face of this planet. Teach it to me. And he sat there, got had his notes in the Bible just to listen. He was hungry after God. Are you hungry after God? Or have you just stopped searching because you thought you found something good? God has more for you. Be a person of hope. Someone who continually searches. See, why is hope important to looking for God and searching out after him? Because hope, as we talk about on Sunday, is positive expectation. So when you're looking, when you're searching, you're expecting to find. And after you find, you start looking and searching again because you expect to find more. We're searching out God, the eternal one. The one who is more than enough. The overflowing one, the all-powerful God himself. The one who always has a supply for us. We're never going to fully search him out, so might as well start the journey. We'll keep learning more and more throughout this life and throughout eternity. But don't miss what God has for you because you got satisfied for what you knew in the past. Don't miss what God has for you just because you thought you found something good. You did find something good. You did experience great things in the past, but wise men still seek them? believers to be seekers. So I'm going to encourage you, follow after God today with great hope and expectation to find, to experience, and to learn more. Go ahead, put this in the chat and say it out loud. Say, God has more for me. Go ahead, put that in the chat and say it out loud. Say, God has more for me. One more time, put that in the chat and say it out loud. Say, God has more for me. So, because he has more for you, keep seeking. Because he has more for you, keep searching. Don't stop now. God has wonderful things for you. You know, the thing is, some people say, well, you know, they come up with some false religious notions. Well, I'm just going to be, you know, thankful for the game. Good, be thankful, but keep going. Well, I'm content. Good. Have contentment and keep moving forward. Contentment doesn't mean you don't progress in spiritual things. And you'll go forward the more. You're content. You're thankful. But you know God has more. And see, the wind of the Spirit of God that's been stirring up your hope this week is also stirring up your hunger so that you press forward. So that you begin to dream again and go after everything God has for you. Man, I look forward to sharing more about this on Sunday. You don't want to miss it. He has more for you. He has rest, renewal, and refreshing for you. But he also has more for you. Don't stop now. Press into God's rest. Be a person of hope. Be a prisoner of hope and search and seek after God every single day. We seek through him by studying the word, by being a person of prayer, by studying out what he's doing in our life, by following his leading, his guiding, by going to church, by going to the experiences, by listening to the podcast. We're always going after him because we know he has more. So say it one more time. Say, God has more for me. So I will seek after him. Say, God has more for me, so I will seek after him. If you didn't already put it in the chat last time, say, God has more for me, so I will seek after him. Praise God. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this message. We can only do these things by your help. It's not by our own willpower. It's not by our own strength, but it's by your spirit who lives within us. So help us to be continual seekers, those who search out for you, search for the truth, who search for your wisdom and understanding, search through the scriptures and receive more revelation upon revelation, wisdom upon wisdom, knowledge upon knowledge, understanding upon understanding. Help us not just to get a lot of information and knowledge, but apply it wisely with wisdom in our everyday life and to seek after you to continually find, to seek again and to continually find and be on a journey of always experiencing and coming to know you in a fresher way, in a better way to know you better, to experience what you have for us as our hearts desire, to know you, like Paul said, to know you and the power of your resurrection and our part in what you called us to. I thank you for it. I ask for your help in this for me and all those on the sound of my voice. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.